In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our text is the epistle reading from 1 John, which I've already read. People loved by God, as we've heard already today, today is All Saints Day. This is a day to remember those of our fellowship who have gone before us to be with Christ. During our prayers, in fact, today we will commemorate two such saints, Melba Redeker and Betty Shoemaker, who this past year have fallen asleep in our Lord Jesus Christ. It is interesting to note that among us, among 21st century people, death has been sort of sanitized from us. In days gone by, it was not unusual, for example, for family members to keep vigil at home as their loved ones were there in the process of dying. And now more and more, we find hospice facilities opening. And I know that this isn't the stated purpose of those facilities, but they do shield us a bit from death. Another place I've noticed this happening is at the graveside. Again, not too many years ago, it was rather common at the end of the graveside service to lower the departed saint into the ground as the family watched this happen. But now, we leave those things to the cemetery crews to take care of while we go to lunch. I would love to see this practice in particular change so that we may face death with the full confidence and assurance of the Christian faith, maybe even singing hymns of the resurrection as we bid a final farewell to our loved ones. But even the way we speak of death in euphemisms, in ways that sort of mask what death is, we say things that are a bit unusual and, again, sort of hide death from us. We say things like, well, the person has passed on. They are no longer with us. Or we even sometimes get a bit weird and we say that their spirit is there watching over us. Now that last one has the distinction of being patently false. But how often do we say things like that? And how often do we hear it? Martin Luther was not one to soft-pedal death. In fact, he directs us to the scriptures that we might speak rightly about what death is. He says, Scripture has a lovely manner of speaking of death and the deceased. Scripture does not call it death, but a sleep. We must henceforth learn a new speech and language in speaking of, speaking of death in the grave. That is not a human earthly language, but a divine celestial language. For the like you find in none of all the books of all the learned and wise on earth. But among Christians, this should be familiar, common, and current speech. And so then, Dr. Luther, how ought Christians to speak of death? Our Lutheran fathers gave us a few different ways from the scriptures to speak of death, and they call these the sweet names of death. And I want to go over a few of these with you this morning to equip you to speak rightly about death that you might find comfort even in the midst of that sorrow. 
The first way the scriptures speak of death is to be gathered to one's own people. This is how Moses describes the death of Abraham in Genesis. When someone has died, they go to be with their people. This is a subtle confession that not only has the person died, but they go to be with all the saints who are already gathered around the throne and is a confession also that they are not dead, but in fact are living because they have passed from death to life. Now this brings us to another way that we might speak of death. Jesus does call it passing from death to life in John's Gospel. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Those that we commemorate today, we do so because they heard Christ's word. They heard the words of eternal life from the lips of their Savior. And because of that, Jesus says that even while they were here with us, they had passed already from death into life. Another way the scriptures speak of death is departure in peace. We sing this with St. Simeon. We'll sing it here after a bit during um, the liturgy for Holy Communion when we sing, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. We go to be at peace with our Lord Jesus who has reconciled us to the Father by his death. Another way that the scriptures speak of death is where the Apostle Paul speaks of death as departing to be with Christ. He says, my desire is to depart and be with Christ for that is far better. Now imagine. We know what we see in front of us. This is all that we know, at least by sight, and by our senses. But Paul here reminds us that the weight of glory that we have coming for us when we close our eyes in this life is far greater than anything we have yet experienced in this life. Our Lord Jesus and the apostles also speak of death as a sleep. And a rest. This is how Jesus speaks when he goes to raise the daughter of Jairus. Remember this story. He says to them, to the crowds who are there weeping and wailing and mourning, he says, she is not dead, but she is sleeping. And he goes and he raises her up from the dead and she confesses her Savior. Isaiah and St. Paul also use similar language when they talk about dying as being taken from or being delivered from evil. This, by the way, is helping, helpful for us to understand the end of the Lord's Prayer when we pray the words, deliver us from evil. We're not simply asking that God would rescue us from the evils that we face right now in front of us, but we're asking, as the Catechism tells us, that God would give us a blessed end and would rescue us from this valley of sorrow and to bring us to himself in heaven. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're praying that he would come and get us. And lastly, the Apostle Paul gives us a beautiful description of death when he says, For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. When we live in this life, 
all of it, every breath that we take, is a gift from our Lord Jesus, who holds all things together in his body. But when we die, we gain heaven. We gain everything that belongs to our Lord. All of it becomes ours. And we go to live and reign with him forever and ever. And so with these phrases, the Holy Scriptures seek to equip us with the right language to speak of death that we might face it without fear. Then we may boldly and confidently and joyfully with St. Paul say, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The power of sin is is the law, the power of, sorry, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Dear saints, let us call death what it is, being gathered to one's people, passing from death to life, departure in peace, departure to be with Christ, deliverance from evil, and gain. Christ has come to destroy the works of the devil, most especially his great and fearsome weapon of death. Christ, by his death, has destroyed our death forevermore. But you may also notice that this day is also called All Saints' Day. Today's celebration is a commemoration of the faithfully departed, but it is also a remembrance of who you are before your God in heaven. God has made you his child in holy baptism. You are his. You have been claimed by him in the waters of the font. To be a saint is to be a holy one, one who belongs to God. And as John reminded us in the epistle today, he has called you to be his children. And he has given you the truth. And as we heard last week, this truth has set you free from sin, from death, and from the power of the devil. And in this case, because you have been declared righteous, not guilty of all of your sins, you are what God says you are. And that is a saint. So you don't need the church's hierarchy to examine your life and miracles to determine whether or not you are a saint. For God has made you his own child in baptism. Perhaps you haven't done great and glorious works as we see in the scriptures, like St. Paul carrying the gospel to the ends of the earth, or, or even facing death with Christian confidence, like Peter and Andrew as they were crucified. Maybe you won't be skinned alive like St. Bartholomew. But God does know your works, and he sees them. He has seen the love that you've given to your parents, and to your children, and to your neighbors. He has seen the great love that you have for your church and for her pastor. He has seen the offerings that you've given here to the church to ensure that the preaching of the gospel continues here, that we can provide a Christian education for our children. And though none of these things are impressive to the world, they are works beloved by your Heavenly Father. But we who have gained everything that belongs to Christ through his death for us, 
will also be like him when he appears. Like the dear saints who have departed in peace from our earthly fellowship here, we shall appear before the throne as pure and white, with our robes washed clean in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is both their Savior and ours. In Jesus' name. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.